Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shakhaim Kolkakashim, Mahie, Odio, Mochana. Abalani, Mechayek, Lodo, Egla, Hemshek, Kieshli, Yeshli, Emuna.
put some joy into your heart. Come on and sing along. Join me in this Simcha song. Happiness is so unique to lift your soul up to succeed. So come and join us now. One, two, three, go!
JM in the AM, David Dax, great medley. It's called the Hearts Medley off of Shira Sayam. Shlomo Katz before that with Yismach Melech. Aryeh Kunstler had me mama Kim. Raksim Chawas from Micha Gammerman. Michal Brzezanski's Chitty Bim off of Shooting for the Moon. You heard Yaakov Shweki in there with Mamin Benissim. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM and the AM for a Thursday on this November the 16th, the 27th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan. The year 5778, Tavshinai and Ches. 53 degrees, 90% humidity, winds are south at 8 miles an hour. Morning, light rain. That's right, it's raining out there now. High temperature of 58, clear tonight, low 40. Sunny for Friday, high air of Shabbos, 50 degrees. Yerushalayim at 73, we're at 53 here in New York City as we say good morning at um, JM in the AM. Big day today, expecting a couple of really interesting guests. First of all, Professor Jonathan Halevi. Uh, Yonatan Alevi is the Director General of Shari Tedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. They had their big gathering in Manhattan last night. He is uh, always an interesting subject for a conversation, for an interview. He'll be stopping by this morning, I am proud to say, here at JM in the AM. And uh, Neely Block, who Matas first introduced to us uh, a while back, is a um, world champion. We'll find out exactly what level she's achieved in a very interesting sport, kickboxing. Kickboxing. And she is here in the United States, uh, courtesy of our friends that I meet, and we'll explain that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour here at JMAM. Also, Amra Madar is set to uh, release the uh, brand-new album. In fact, yesterday was the release date for his brand-new album, Anode Milvado. So in addition to playing it, we hope to give away um, a copy or two this morning as well here at JM and the AM. So a lot going on, a lot happening to say the least. Just checking my calendar to see if there's anything else that I'm forgetting that <laughs> I might be. Oh, we get a, we're going to have a Team Yachad. We're going to have a Team Yachad update as well as they get set for Miami Marathon in uh, January. So there is, in fact, a lot going on to say the least. Uh, let's check out the app. Talking about uh, checking things out and seeing what people have to say, etc. Uh, you get uh, the opportunity to comment on the app whenever you wish. Like JM from Teaneck has done. Good morning, Malcolm. Please play some eighth day. Like Jerusalem Stone or slow down. That'd be great. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. How unusual for JM from Teaneck to ask for an eighth day selection in the early morning. Uh, so we'll try to get to that. And of course, we'll try to get to whatever it is. Um, that we can present to uh, continue to prove to everybody that we are the absolute best place to wake up to, to enjoy. And if for you it's afternoon or evening, the best place to uh, turn to at any point during the day for great programming. It's Thursday, which means a very active day on our network, of course, with a lot of great hosts, a lot of great guests, a lot of great programming. Uh, the Amra Madar CD giveaway will continue during the live lunch today, so you'll have a chance to win there as well. Lots happening, lots to be proud of. And uh, we'll be presenting JM and the AM until 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up 23 minutes before the hour. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Turn around, slow down, slow down. 
Pretty cool selection. Yehuda Green. Ibane Hamikdash here at JM in the AM. Before that, Avram Avram Freed by request. Yushalayim Shabalev. Off of the Kamatov collection. Eighth day by request was slow down. I am not. I, I hope JM from Teaneck doesn't think that I'm complaining about uh, about the um, suggestions. I'm not complaining at all. Just I just uh, find it funny and entertaining that uh, that eighth day is always the um, the suggestion, and for good reason. Eighth day is amazing. Uh, before that, you heard Isaac B. Tone with Hashem Melech, RJ2. Very interesting music. Very interesting music. Uh, that happens to be an amazing song. It's called Rachem. They've entitled their, uh, co- their collection, their album, Modim. And there it is for you, brand new at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Galitzal in the background. Do our news from Israel coming up? Then, of course, plenty more happening here on a Thursday. Some incredible guests lined up later on this show. Oh yes, some amazing people will be visiting us this morning here at JMN. Plus, a full day of programming, of course, on our network. As you can imagine, you know how great Thursdays are. Also, the Amram Adar CD giveaway starts in the 7 o'clock hour. If you want to win the brand new Einod Milvado, Amram Adar, that CD giveaway kicks off about 10 minutes from now. You'll have a chance to win it and uh, be the proud owner of that brand new collection of music, which we've been playing here at JM in the AM. Morning light rain with a high temperature of 58, clear tonight, low 40. Sunny for Arab Shabbos, a high temperature of 50. 53 degrees now in New York City on this Thursday morning. Can you imagine a week from today it's going to be Thanksgiving Day already? That is hard to believe, frankly. I want to remind you, if you're using the JM in the AM app, that app is going to become obsolete very, very soon. If you're using the JM in the AM app, make sure to switch ASAP to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone. Make the switch. Be ready. For any eventuality, Galitzal in the background, Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jam and Am. Galitzal, Shah Shtaim, Kanrani Ovnai, Imash Koreachshav. Tzair Ben Esrimu Shtaim, Nerag Bitunat Snapling, Bemitzper Amon, Katavenu Rami Shani. הצעיר שנפל אל מותו ביצק חולה ידוע גלישת חבלים, אך בשל נסיבות שטרם נודעו, הוא נפל מגובה רב, ממצוק הסמוך למלון בראשית במצפה רמון. צוות מגן דוד אדום שהוזעק אליו, קבע את מותו. נסיבות האירוע נחקרות עתה במשטרה ובידי גורמים במשרד העבודה ואנשי חקר תאונות בתיירות. בעל השליטה בבזק שאול אלוביץ' מוותר על תפקידו כיושב ראש דירקטוריון החברה, כתבתנו שירה נאות. בעקבות הודעת רשות לניירות ערך על העברת תיק בזק לפרקליטות, אלוביץ' ביקש מדירקטוריון בזק לא לכהן כיושב ראש החברה ויושב ראש חברת הבת יס עד להודעה חדשה. כהונתו של ממלא המקום דוד גרנות תימשך. בשבוע שעבר הודיעה רשות ניירות ערך שקיימת תשתית ראייתית נגד אלוביץ', בכירים נוספים בבזק וכן מנכ"ל משרד התקשורת המושעה שלמה פילבר. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מבטיח נחזיר את עבר המנגיסטו המוחזק בעזה. נתניהו דיבר במסגרת חגיגות חג הסיגד של העדה האתיופית שנחגג היום. היום אנחנו מציינים את החג עם כאב, עם חסרונו של עבר המנגיסטו. אנחנו פועלים על מנת להשיבו ואנחנו גם נחזיר אותו. אנחנו פועלים למגר את הגזענות בכל דרך. הגזענות מעלה לי את הסעיף, היא מוציאה אותי מדעתי. אין לה מקום בחברתנו. 
יוצאי אתיופיה כבר משתדלים בכל רקבות החברה הישראלית, אבל צריך יותר. דברי נתניהו הוקרנו על גבי מסקים בטיילת ארמון הנציב בירושלים, שם חוגגים אלפים את החג. מדברי נתניהו הביאה כתבתנו שיר עזרף. ההפיכה הצבאית בזימבבואה, מקורבי הרודן המודח, מוגב בהעצור בביתו על ידי הצבא מכריזים, הנשיא יסרב להתפטר. מודריק מרסרה, אחד ממנהיגי הקהילה היהודית המקומית, דיבר בשעה העולמית עם ג'קי חוגי. לא הייתה אלימות, מוגאבה נמצא בפועל במעצר בית והצבא השתלט, הקהילה היהודית חצויה בין מי שמתנגד למוגאבה ומי שתומך בו. ומי שמתנגד לו, אבל חושש עוד יותר מהשתלטות הצבא. את הרעיון ערך כתבנו יותם לחובסקי. ספורט, פרסום ראשון, יובל נעים, מאמן הפועל אשקלון, חושף כי שחקן נבחרת ישראל בעבר, אייל משומר, עומד לחתום בקבוצה. נעים דיבר בתוכניתנו עושים ספורט. אנחנו כל פעם שיש פגרה, אנחנו מחפשים שחקנים. עברנו שתי פציעות מאוד קשות, ששחקנים מפתיעים גם את הלילה וגם אלעד גבאי. אני יכול להגיד שאנחנו על סיכום עם אייל משומר. זה עוד לא רשמית, אבל זה, זה יפגר. מזג האוויר לא תאמינו, אבל מחר תחול התחממות נוספת. ולסיום, בקרוב בארנק שלנו, שטרות חדשים. בנק ישראל הודיע כי מיום חמישי הבא יופצו השטרות בסך 20 ו-100 שקלים. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה, ניתאי ענבי. שטר 20 השקלים מחדש נושא את יוקנה של המשוררת רחל וציוו אדום, והשטר 100 שקלים מחדש מתנוסס את יוקנה של המשוררת לאה גולדברג וציוו כתום. ההשטרות בסדרה החדשה נבדלים זה מזה באורכם, ומצוידים בסימני בטיחות מתקדמים המקשים על זיופם. בנק ישראל מבהיר כי השטרות הקיימים מהסדרה הישנה עדיין בני תוקף. שנרוויח הרבה. אלה החדשות שעורכת תום ויינטרובלוק.
אני עוצר עכשיו לחשוב כמה פעמים אמרתי תודה בחסדך אתה ליבית אותי גם כשהכל היה חשוך ונורא לא התייאשתי וידעתי שיש לי תמיד על מי לסמוך והתפללתי והאמנתי שגם אם אצולות אותי תמשוך. אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו בעולם כולו. אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו בעולם כולו. אין עוד מלבדו.
J.M. in the A.M. with Amram Adar, Ain Od Milvado. Uh, before that, we opened up the uh, hour with Ohad and Birchas Abanim. Well, um, Amram Adar, as you know, and he'll join us tomorrow. He's out with a brand new album, Ain Od Milvado. That's the title track. And in celebration of the brand new album, as it's uh, been released officially yesterday, uh, we have a free copy to give away in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll do that right now. Emailer. Emailer number 10. It's got to be a unique email. You can't just send 10 emails. You've got to be the 10th uh, unique emailer to win at NahumSiegel.com. W-I-N. Win at NahumSiegel.com. If you're the 10th, you are the winner of the Amramadar CD. It's the brand new album, which is out. It's in stores. It's online. We'll be doing this giveaway over the next couple of days. And... Um, this is the album that includes uh, Yehudi Ma'amin and Despacito and uh, all the great uh, singles that we've been playing from Amar over the last month or so. He'll join us tomorrow here at JMM. Anyway, uh, emailer number 10, win, W-I-N, at NahumSiegel.com. Uh, you will be a winner. And we will say congratulations from all of us here at JMM. Hey, a word about Avrami Finkelstein, everybody. Uh, Avrami came in this morning. As many of you know, he shuttles literally from Baltimore, Maryland to New York City to work diligently every day in Baltimore for our Nahum Siegel Network and uh, to occasionally, or actually more than occasionally, uh, work diligently from our New York City studios for the Nahum Siegel Network and as far as we're concerned for the greater Jewish community. And Avrami pointed out as he um, got in here very, very early this morning, which is typical uh, that he's uh, that when he arrives, it's very early in the morning. We thank him for that. He pointed out that we just, meaning he and I and the network, have just celebrated 12 years together. He started 12 years ago in a position that, um, frankly, was a little bit undefined and since then has become 
one of the most important positions is as far as we're concerned in Jewish media as he takes care of every single detail you can imagine behind the scenes, especially vis-a-vis the, uh, the site and the app and our email, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could, I could really go on for a long time. So I want to take this opportunity to, uh, on this anniversary, or what Avrami and I are considering the 12th anniversary, I want to take this opportunity to wish him and all of us a very special Mazel Tov. And uh, and the next 12 years, please God, if he finds it worthy to stick around with us, and we hope he does, the next 12 years should be as productive and as fun and um, as friendly as the first 12 have been uh, because it's an absolute pleasure working with him. And so much gets done without uh, without even um, without even asking or reminding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway, so to him and the entire Finkelstein family, I say thank you and say uh, Mazal Tov and happy anniversary from all of us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And um, and I assume Avrami will join us at some point during the live lunch today. We'll be able to wish him a a Mazal Tov and actually get a response. How do you like that? Uh, JM and the AM at 17 minutes after 7 o'clock. Plenty more coming up. This one comes from Mordechai Ben David.
J.M. and the A.M. That's Eitan Freilich. That's called Eliyahu off of the uh, Am Yisrael Chai collection here at J.M. and the A.M. By the way, listener Rebecca's the winner. Listener Rebecca got the Amram Adar CD. Congratulations from all of us here at J.M. and the A.M. Uh, we'll try to do another uh, contest sometime this hour toward the end of the hour coming up here at J.M. and the A.M., so be patient. A big shout-out to our friends at Bedford-on-Park. Bedford-on-Park, one of the most delicious kosher restaurants in New York City, is reminding everybody that it's almost the end of the year. 
Thanksgiving's a week from today. By the way, Bedford on Park is open this Saturday night. Bedford on Park is open Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving dinner. In addition, they want everybody out there to make sure to call Bedford on Park to uh, plan your holiday party for your staff, for your colleagues, for your uh, clients. Bedford on Park can uh, accommodate up to 150 people in their incredible facility on the northwest corner of Park Avenue and 34th Street in New York City where Chef Alex continues to prepare one of the best uh, meals you'll ever have. Uh, you have a Sheva Brachas or a private party or a family Hanukkah celebration. They've got a party room for 10, 20, 30 people. They could do that as well. Just get those reservations in for Hanukkah, for end of year, for holiday parties, for your staff. Get it in now. It's a really convenient location, 61 East 34th Street in New York City. And uh, we highly recommend uh, what they're doing at Bedford on Park. Chef Alex, he's got the knack. He knows what he's doing. I can tell you that much. Go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com. Check it out and enjoy. It really is an amazing dining experience. Uh, Nefesh Benefesh and the Karen Kayemet Israel had an event last night in New York City where they highlighted tech opportunities in North, South, and the Jerusalem region of Israel. Uh, they have announced recently that they are expanding as much as their Go North and Go South programs have uh, borne fruit, and boy, have they, they are expanding that whole effort. Information, go to the NBN, Nefesh Benefesh website, and to check out the grants that they're offering and the uh, incentives in general that are being given for uh, for those who are, in fact, moving to the north and south of Israel and the Jerusalem region as well. NBN.org.il. Again, that's NBN.org.il. Check it out, and uh, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. A whole host of amazing opportunities coming at you from Nefesh Benefesh and Karen Kayemet Israel. Um, trying to see here. Got Rabbi Goldwasser coming up. Ah, there we go. Thursday morning broadcast with 53, 53 degrees, morning light rain, and a high temperature of 58. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline, he is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm Honline, 740 Eastern time tomorrow here at JM and the AM. If you know somebody who has no smartphone, who has no computer, who has no web radio, who has no access to our, to our uh, archives... Tell them they can actually call a phone number and listen to tomorrow's interview or to anything that we do here. Um, the number is 605-562-4400. I met so many people last night at the Shari Tzedek dinner, and the Shari Tzedek dinner was amazing. I'll save my comments for when Professor Alevi comes in. I'll save my comments about the dinner. But I met so many people who are addicted to our app. It's amazing and incredible how many people are listening constantly all through the day. But you get you get some people who are so frustrated with the fact that they that they need to make this transition, this one minute transition in their lives to get JM and the AM every single day, and it just drives me nuts. So if you know somebody who desperately wants to hear the update tomorrow or any part of our broadcast, and they can't do it for whatever reason they tell you, just believe them and give them the phone number. 4400 our app is open, by the way. Feel free to comment on our app. Um, Matis has a nice uh, Mazel Tov Wish Tov Rummy on the app. Thank you, Matis. 
Mathis is amazing, and he'll be with us, of course, Sunday, like he always is, between 7 and 9 a.m. with JM Sunday. Uh, tonight, the uh, the 16th of November, Camp Confey has uh, information sessions for grades 9 through 12. Tonight, it's in the five towns at the home of the Weinsteins on East Broadway in Woodmere. And any information you need, campconfey at gmail.com, campconfey at gmail.com, or confey.com, K-A-N-F-E-I dot com. It's open to high school boys and girls, uh, grades 9 through 12. Everybody would say, Scheinfeld, of course, is the director. So check out Camp Confey and enjoy. The New Jersey Yachad, Gayla Malava Malka, Ari and Dina Katz, Scott and Shira Shep, Shlomo Debbie and Avi Sadok. All being honored this coming Saturday night. Yachad.org slash NJGala2017. Yachad.org slash NJGala2017. Talmud Torah Flatbush, uh, and I saw Mr. Blumenthal this week. He was telling me how incredible the event was last Saturday night. Uh, this coming Saturday night, they feature Rabbi Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik. Talmud Torah Flatbush, 1305 Coney Island Avenue. by Dr. Mayor Soloveitchik on Justice Brandeis and the Balfour Declaration. Zionism in American Judaism. This Saturday night, beginning at 8 p.m., information, Tomatora Flatbush, of course, has all the information about their lecture series, which continues after this Saturday night on December 2nd with her by J.J. Schachter. Uh, Yeshiva University has its open house for men, the Wolf Campus open house for men, plus the Israel Fair this coming Sunday between 9 and 4 at the Yeshiva College campus up in Washington Heights, 515 West 185th Street. So check that out uh, for prospective collegiates out there. And the 23rd anniversary gala dinner for One Israel Fund is this coming Sunday night. Terrace on the Park in Flushing, Mazel Tov, Steve and Susan Orlo, Martin and Zena Cohen, Bensi and Rena Chill. They're all being recognized by the uh, the folks at One Israel Fund this coming Sunday. Information 516-239-9202, 516-239-9202, and oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Oneisraelfund.org slash dinner. Uh, oh, hell, Saturday, uh, Sunday night continues to uh, salute, and rightfully so, this incredible new chapter in the in the uh, life of the Oh, hell organization, the new Jaffa Family Campus in Brooklyn, plus their expansion of services, all going to be happening under one roof. Oh, hell's 48th annual gala pays tribute to guests of honor Irving and Miriam Langer to Joe and Dina Eisenberger, to Pinky and Miri Friedman, to Shalom and Zahava Horowitz. They are Foster Family of the Year. Everybody out there has an opportunity to be part of an incredible evening as Ohel's 48th Annual Gala takes place this coming Sunday night. Information about all of it, um, ohelfamily.org, ohelfamily.org. And um, again, as I always say, it is uh, it is such an inspiring event. Such an incredible dinner. You can also use this website, by the way, ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, and dial 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. So there are a lot of amazing events going on. I hope everybody out there chooses a cause, gets involved, and spends some quality time over the weekends uh, with great Jewish causes. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Medrash tells us that the Torah is compared to light. As it says, Kiner mitzvah, the Torah are. A mitzvah is a candle, and the Torah 
is light. A similar comparison is made to the nefesh, as it says in Mishlei, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, a man's soul is the candle of Hashem. Hashem tells Bnei Yisrael, your candle will be in my hand, and my candle will be in your hand. If you'll guard my candle, I will guard yours. If not, and my light is extinguished, then the nefesh is also extinguished. Why are the Torah mitzvahs compared to a candle and its light? The Midrash continues to tell us that often when a person wishes to do a mitzvah, the Yetzirah, or the evil inclination, intercedes. It reminds a person that he's going to lose money, he'll lose time, resources. Ultimately, it dissuades him from performing the mitzvah. The Yetzirah Toiv, on the other hand, cites Kiner Mitzvah, that the mitzvah is like a candle, just like a candle can kindle a thousand other candles and not diminish its own light. So too, the one who performs the mitzvah will not experience any loss. The Nachlas Eliezer expounds on the Medrash. He cites Rabbi Sosalantar, the founder of the Musa movement. When fighting the Eight Sahara, an individual must implement a two-pronged approach. One must increase his Yerashamayim, his fear of heaven, and he also must minimize the challenge that is being presented. For example, when a person wants to learn Torah, the Yetzirah cautions him that it's time-consuming, it's a difficult undertaking, it will be too hard for him to understand. The individual must immediately call to mind that the Torah is light, in the midst of the candle, and just as the candle doesn't diminish from its light, so too the neshama doesn't experience any deficiency. Moreover, Rabbi Sosalanta points out that the Yetzirah's mission is to mislead a person. Therefore, one has to juxtapose his perceived loss alongside the promised reward. With that consideration, a person will realize that the possibility of any loss is minuscule when compared to the great reward that is promised for each and every mitzvah. It says in the Zoyar, When a man has learned to conquer his chief enemy, the Yetzahara, or the evil inclination, he will find it easier to conquer all of his other enemies. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM on a Thursday. Well, you've heard a lot about Team Yachad, and for good reason. They have uh, they have been one of the teams in the Jewish world that just continues to dominate these um, marathons and half marathons. Uh, they were in this whole industry early, and they are attracting hundreds of people to all of their races, all of their runs, and the Miami Marathon is no exception. It's coming up in January. And Henna Meltzer, who is the manager of Team Yachad, is with us live via telephone. Henna, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem. Now, for people who think you have an easy or don't have a tough job, I will tell you, just the sheer numbers that you have to deal with makes it a tough job. Isn't it amazing watching Team Yachad grow each year? Yes, absolutely. We are um, almost at 100 runners. Already? Yeah, we're on 98, and we're all saying who is going to be the 100th runner. Pretty amazing. And and as we continue and get toward the end of January, I mean, that, that could easily get toward 200, right? 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, a lot of people tend to register, um, you know, as, as the time goes on. Yeah. So um, it's definitely not too late to sign up and become part of the team. What and ha- um, join our amazing experience. What happens when someone wants to dedicate their run to Yaha? So number one, I guess... They have to start getting into shape to whatever degree they want to, right? <laughs> which, be, which means they could do absolutely nothing or they could really start getting committed to it, right? <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, I always say we're not the most serious running team. I think you spoke to Coach Jazz the other day. Right. Um, who spoke a lot about the training, and we have a great training program that anyone can take part of. Um, but it's also really about um, people that – Register with us, register for what we believe in. So, you know, it's, they, we're running for inclusion. Um, and there's, there's a lot of elements to why people sign up with us. Yeah, and of course, you do have some serious runners and others who will just, you know, show up that morning, which is, you know, <laughs> the, which is, the, point, which is the point I was trying to make. And the Miami Marathon is always a lot of fun, and obviously the weather's great down there. And uh, for some reason, I guess one of the reasons is because it's during Yeshiva break. Uh, it, it's one of the it's one of the runs, one of the races that really attracts a tremendous number of people. So uh, you you don't max out, do you? You'll take anybody at this point that wants to participate, right? Um, we don't max out. Um, we do have you know we have a fundraising goal, which we you know we have different um, you know we we guide people along with it, and we like them sort of to to hit their fundraising goals as the time goes on. So um, we like, we have a little bit of a timeline where we, you know, what we guide our runners through. But, um, yeah, we're, we're an inclusive running team, so anyone can sign up at any time with us. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, the fundraising goal obviously is important, and everybody out there who's listening right now could actually help the runners uh, get to their goal because you have all the runners listed on the website. Plus, I know that a lot of the runners – uh, take their links, they put it on social media, they send emails out to their friends and family, and, and they actively pursue you know, trying to get to that fundraising goal. Yeah, it's amazing watching the runners um, you know, do, be creative in their fundraising and um, you know, sending the reason why they run out to their, you know, to their family and friends to be sponsored. Yeah, 100%. All right, people can go to teamyaha.com. They can go to teamyaha.com. Uh, and you could uh, get information about the January 28th Miami Marathon, either being part of it or if you want to sponsor a runner, if you want to sponsor the event, all the information is there. And it's interesting when you talk about the inclusion, obviously Yachad's all about inclusion. A lot of the teams that you know form as part of Team Yachad, uh, you'll have people of different abilities and different backgrounds literally walking or running the route together, right? That's one of the most heartwarming things to see is the way uh, people are helping each other get across the finish line. Yeah, exactly. We have a very diverse range of runners, um, and we're running hand in hand. So there's, we have every age, every type of ability, um, you know, all sorts coming through with us. So everybody out there can, uh, <laughs> no matter how limited they think they may be, they may find the partner who's going to help them across that finish line, and it'll be a very, very fun and amazing day. All right. Henna uh, Meltzer is with us live via telephone. She manages team Yachad. Uh, they're up to 98 participants already. I think they're going to get close to, if not over 200 by the time Miami starts. And her, her, her big question at the beginning of this conversation is who will be the 100th? 
Uh, I assume it's an easy registration procedure. Once everyone, real, once anybody out there who wants to do this realizes that they can realistically get to their fundraising goal, they literally, I assume, can register online at the site, right? Yeah, yeah, it's easy. We, we're at miami.teamyachad. Um, and then, you know, just a quick registration and you sign up, pop your fundraising goal in and, um, and, and get started. That's when our trainers will get in touch with you and it's a very easy process. And then all of a sudden everyone's going to converge on Miami at the end of January. Uh, right, we fly all our runners out. Um, you know, we have group flights that go together. Right. Um, if you like, and um, put everyone up at, at the resort for the weekend and um, have a very uplifting weekend away. Yeah, it's a fun experience. It's not, as you just said, it's not just Sunday morning. It's an entire Shabbos and weekend. A lot of fun, a lot of camaraderie, and a good opportunity for people, young and old, and families to enjoy a uh, a unique get together. Uh, Hannah Meltzer, she manages Team Yachad. Hannah, any other reminders for the people out there, or do we simply want people to get to the site, register if they can, and at the minimum, uh, support the runners? Um, yes, well, I would love to, you know, have some listeners, um, you know, I would, I would love to offer an incentive to Ooh. any listeners who um, would like to register with us. So we're sending a Team Yachad giveaway to anyone um, from the show who registers, so just make sure you um, let us know how you heard about us. There's a question on there on the registration page, and and we'll be sending you some some fun gear to get started on your training. So it sounds like if someone mentions JM in the AM or my name, they're going to get some extra Yachad swag. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For that alone, for that alone, I've proven that my name is worth something. There you go, folks. If you register today on the site. <laughs> For Team Yachad and the Big Miami Marathon, January the 28th, make sure to mention JM and the AM or the Nahum Siegel Network, because if you do, extra gifts are heading your way. Miami.teamyachad.com. Miami. What, what about you? Are you going to be running with us? I have. Are you going to be the 100th runner? I haven't decided yet, but uh, if I decide quickly enough, I might just be the 100th. Who knows? I uh, think so. I think <laughs> that'll be a good idea. We get, we get someone, we get a listener as the 99th. And you will be the hundred. Wow. Now, this is something to consider. I wish we would have thought of this in advance, frankly. Miami, <laughs> Miami.teamyacha.com. Hannah Meltzer, good luck. Send our best to the entire team. The next couple of months is going to be a lot of fun leading up to this big race at the end of January. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much. Hannah Meltzer, she manages Team Yachad, and you're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Amram Adar, brand new from the album entitled Ain Ode Milvado. And guess what? Because uh, the CD has been released and we're celebrating the release of the Amram Adar CD. And he's going to be joining us, by the way, tomorrow morning to speak here on J.M. in the A.M. Uh, with all of that in mind, we've got the brand new album for one of our listeners. If you're emailer number five, unique email. Don't send five in a row. It's got to be unique email. Uh, emailer number five to win W I N at NahumSiegel.com. Win at NahumSiegel, N A C H U M S E G A L.com. If you are the, uh, the winner, if you're calling number, if you're emailer number five, you will receive the brand new Amram Adar CD and our congratulations, just like listener Rebecca did earlier this morning. Uh, check it out. Uh, by the way, um, there's a hashtag regarding the brand new album, hashtag Ain Ode Milvado. So you can check that out online with social media as well. Plenty more coming up. It is a Thursday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM. Keep in mind our friends at Bedford on Park. They want to host your holiday party. Bedford on Park, Northwest Corner, 34th Street Park Avenue in New York City. They are open this coming Saturday night. They are open on Thanksgiving, Thursday night. They are ready for you for your holiday party, up to 150 people in their beautiful restaurant, Northwest Corner, 34th and Park. And they can accommodate a great Hanukkah celebration for your family as well, 10, 20, 30 people. Chef Alex is the man. He's in charge. He does an amazing job. We're always impressed with what he does. And uh, all you got to do is uh, contact bedfordkitchen.com and make your reservation for Bedford on Park at 61 East 34th Street in New York City. That's it. That's the whole thing. And you're set. Your colleagues, your clients, your uh, staff, they'll all be extremely happy heading to Bedford-on-Park for a holiday celebration. All right? Or an end-of-year party. So check it out, Bedford-on-Park, and enjoy. Today, coming up at 9 o'clock, Charlie Harari. He's got got the uh, program we call Unlocking Greatness. Charlie's going to be on starting at 9 o'clock this morning until 10 a.m. And um, uh, Charlie's topic is going to be life's most important ingredient. Life's most important ingredient. Spin class with Michael Fragan and uh, Phil Goldfeder at 9.30 about the world of politics. Coming up at 10 o'clock, Allison Josephs with Judy Grun, author of The Skeptic and the Rabbi on Jew in the City Speaks. And Miriam L. Wallach will be on at 10.30 with That's Life. IDF veteran turned artist Ron Weinreich is going to be her guest, and that should be interesting, to say the least. After the live lunch, and by the way, we're going to be giving away more Amram Adar CDs during the live lunch. After the live lunch, throwback Thursday from 2005, featuring Avremel live in studio. JM Rewind at 4 p.m. Eastern time with Zoli Honig of Wavecar, who was on Shark Tank 
and Yitzi Bald with the New York Boys Choir. And then the Erev Shabbos shows at 7 p.m. Eastern Time with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. We have got a full schedule. We provide so much amazing content on this network, I am proud to say. If you want to sponsor any of our activities on the network, part of or a complete edition of JM and the AM or anything else, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. That's where you'll find all the information. Also, I want to thank our friends at OnlySimchas.com who continue to provide amazing stories around the Jewish world, not just Smachot, but many other things as well. And the Only Simchas continues to include a lot of what we do here at JM and the AM, and it is my, and the Nachum Siegel Network, and it is much appreciated. So OnlySimchas.com, you want to check them out every single day for Simcha news and for other news. By the way, keep in mind December 3rd. December 3rd is the day that Achiezer is going to have their big health expo at City Field in New York City, right in Queens. Um, December 3rd is the health expo uh, brought to you by Achiezer. All the information, if you want to be a vendor, if you want to come as a participant, all the information at Achiezer.org, Achiezer.org, December 3rd, City Field. will be there broadcasting during the day, and you can be there uh, as well. Uh, again, as a vendor or as a participant, go to Achiezer.org for all the information about their December 3rd event. Here's Ohad at JM in the AM. Zoe, 
J.M. and the A.M. at Ohad, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
J.M. and the A.M. on a uh, Thursday morning. That's Eitan Katz. Last night we had the uh, privilege and pleasure of being with um, the distinguished crowd at the uh, annual dinner of the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And this morning we have the distinct honor and pleasure of welcoming into our studio Professor Jonathan Halevi. He is Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. He has held that title now for 30 years. And um, for those of you out there who have been following what goes on at Shari Tzedek and take great pride in what happens in Shari Tzedek on a regular basis, Professor Halevi, of course, uh, he probably would not say this. He'd say he's one of the people, but many would say he is the person responsible for the incredible projects and reputation of the hospital. Professor Jonathan Halevi, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, I'm going to start this conversation in a very unusual fashion because I'd love to talk about last night's dinner, and we will, and I'd love to talk about some recent innovations, and we will. But I, I was thinking the other day how this terrible earthquake takes place on the border of Iran and Iraq. And I would bet, after the conversations we've had about Israel's immediate response to the world's natural disasters, I would bet you had a thought about what a shame it is that you and your team would not be welcome to help out in that situation. Well, a very original question, I must say. But uh, yes, it did cross my mind a couple of days ago when, uh, when that happened, but was immediately rejected because we would never be invited. I also want to emphasize that um, the reserve duty of my deputy, Dr. Offer Marin, is to be the commander of that hospital. I'm not uh, being uh, over 69. I'm not part of the team, but I had the privilege uh, to be with them running the medical aspects of the hospital in Nepal a couple of years ago, right. in 2015, in the earthquake there. So, yes, it did cross my mind. I can only tell you that usually when such things happen, like in Mexico, couple of months ago, uh, usually uh, Dr. Marin is on the phone with me immediately. We are going, uh, we are preparing to go. The IDF is considering sending us. I didn't get this phone call uh, this time, yeah. as expected. As expected is right. And it just, it, it begs a larger philosophical question, frankly, which is not our topic for today, but I know you'd appreciate it, that if, if the world would only give Israeli ingenuity, the time and space and peace to deal with these types of issues, things would be so much better, so many more innovations. Well, we told you subjectivity, us as Jews and Israelis, the answer is of course yes, and you can see it on a minuscule, maybe not such a minuscule, in the Syrian border. It's right. a daily thing. We are in Jerusalem, so uh, we saw very, very few with complex issues, but uh, my colleague, uh, Dr. Zarka in Tzfat, in Ziv Hospital, a Druze who runs that hospital, which is so close to the Syrian border, has treated, together with the Naharia Hospital, thousands. We are talking now not about hundreds, but thousands of Syrian refugees, and I would not use the term refugees. They are just a couple of kilometers, severe injuries, inside Syria, and uh, we have many, many grateful patients who are came to the hospitals in Galilee and uh, went back to Syria. Will they be ambassadors of goodwill or ambassadors for peace? I'm not sure, but maybe as the number increase, and I hope it will not, 
because I hope for peace inside Syria as well, right. as long as Iran is not sitting on our northern border. I um, I believe we'll have many grateful patients in Syria. So yes, the answer to your question is uh, affirmative, and we could do a lot more. I do believe that the world recognizes the technology that comes out of uh, Israel. I mean, to mention one, this is Professor Shashua, uh, whose um, advanced technology to uh, make progress in the autonomous car arena was sold to Intel for $15 billion, which had significant contribution to Israeli economy because the surplus that we have in our budget this year has to do mainly with the taxes that he paid out of these $15 (laughs) billion. So mobilized. So you have one example of Israeli technology, and I know that anybody who holds a cellular in his hands and who doesn't uh, knows that a lot of the gadgets inside that cellular came out of Israel. So we are very proud of that. What about an MRI for infants? Would that be something that would be developed in Israel? It was developed I in doubt Israel. I'm saying. And we have the first uh, the first prototype installed in our NICU only a couple of weeks ago. Th- this is what, a Sharitzetic project, an Israel project? It's what a, is the it's MRI? It's a joint project. I mean, the technological aspect. We are the beta site for uh, that company uh, mm. in Israel, but I can only tell you... And it's an Israeli I, company? It's an Israeli company. When I stood there on the ninth floor of our new next-generation building that was built with the help of many of your listeners, right. and I saw the first very low birth weight baby with his crib put in on a respirator, put in the MRI machine, which is probably one-tenth of the size of a regular MRI, and you could see on the camera his face, his smile, and uh, all the vital data being monitored. And we could do an MRI of his brain instead of putting him to sleep and mobilizing him to the third floor of the hospital, endangering him. In what would be this the traditional the MRI machine. So, yeah. So, they, exactly. so, so if they needed an MRI on an infant, that's what they normally it's would have done. in the center of the NICU, of the right. neonatal intensive care unit. And there was not a dry eye among the 10 people, you know, the representatives of the company, Embrace is the name of the machine, and uh, Dr. Alona Benun, who is the principal investigator in Sharet Sedek, a senior neonatologist. It was very moving, and since then, we did many more. So it's the first time in the world that if you have to diagnose a brain problem, Many times it's bleeding after traumatic birth. So right. bleeding can be diagnosed with an ultrasound, which has been used, is being used all over the world, and this is no problem. But the MRI is so much accurate, more mm-hmm. accurate, and can diagnose other, other pathologies. You know, what else a pair of parents who have a newborn, sometimes normal weight, sometimes low birth, very low birth weight, and there is a suspicion to a neurological disorder. Just imagine if they can, on the spot, when the baby is a few hours old, exclude it. Or, God forbid, confirm, but they know exactly what's going on and what's the prognosis. It's a major achievement. Well, well my triplets are 19 years old. I'm trying to think back. To all, if my wife was here, she would tell you all the tests that they had. I can't remember exactly, but you're describing the entire mechanism of the baby. Everything that the baby has. Everything that can be diagnosed by MRI. Well, not just, I'm saying differently. In other words, if the baby is in a crib or the, 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 that entire 
that entire piece can just go with the MRI and not disturb all the because there must be a lot of you know tubes and 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 everything and, can go in. Exactly. It just goes in as yeah. as is and very then. safely and on the spot, being monitored by the neonatologist, can be taken out of right. the machine if God forbid something happened on the spot. Of the How quickly do these major machines develop in Israel? get to other countries. How quickly does it happen? Is there an example you can give this us? this one, I believe that uh, in a year to two years, if we finish, we are doing like the first 50 babies. Right. Half of it are done. We will analyze the results. The initial impression is that it's as good as a regular MRI. If this comes true from this research, I believe that within a couple of years, every NICU in the world will have this machine. And is there a cooperative, I don't know, committee an international committee that looks at these, like we would say the FDA, you know, in this yeah. country, that looks at these machines and course, and, and, and then makes recommendations of for governments to purchase them. And for nobody, nobody will buy it without right. FDA approval. FDA and the European Parliament right. Authority. Rabbi Yonatan Alevi is here. He's Director General of Sharit no, Tzedek. Not Rabbi yet. Oh, I said rabbi? You did. Professor <laughs> Yonatan Alevi is Yonatan here. is enough, but rabbi no. At the, <laughs> Director General of Sharit Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Some people at the Pinsker Synagogue may say, Rabbi, when they see you, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> last night was an incredible get-together uh, in New York City for the American Committee for Shari Tzedek. I pointed out earlier this morning that it is one of the most uh, across-the-board diverse crowds of support I have seen at a dinner. Every aspect of the Jewish community was represented. A lot of enthusiasm for Israel in the room. I think it's unique that both uh, both young and the older part of the community are well represented, not just a sprinkling of either, but really well represented, a lot to be proud of. Um, we understand why people in this country and in other areas of the diaspora take great interest in what's going on in Israel, especially when it comes to the IDF, uh, etc. How is it that there's been such an attraction from outside of Israel to the medical situations that are going on in Israel? Well, first of all, I would give the first credit to um, the American Friends of Sharit Tzedek, an organization that opened its gates back in 1949, so will be 70 years old in 2019. Right. It's run today by Rachel Wolf that you saw uh, last night. Other key figures, Sharon Goldwyn and Maury Liebman, uh, these are people who made it happen. They were able to continue and really to carry the torch to the next generation. You witnessed yesterday... Yeah. Uh, Two young honorees who raised $100,000 through the Bolaton. And uh, we are very proud of that. I do believe that the common denominator of the crowd is that most of them visit Israel. Some of them infrequently, some of them very frequently. And they were impressed firsthand that uh, Shari Tzedek today, and I say it with all due subjectivity, it's the largest hospital in Jerusalem. We are centrally located. Some of them uh, used our services, mostly, thank God, for minor issues. Right. You know, when you're a tourist, uh, you can uh, fall sick, you can uh, fall and break something. And this is the central emergency room in the city of Jerusalem. We uh, have close to 100,000 adults annually, over 30,000 children. It's by far <laughs> uh, the largest emergency room in Jerusalem and one of the largest uh, in the state of Israel. And a similar number, close to 30,000 women coming to our OBGYN emergency room. These are three emergency rooms that are very popular, that raise the trust and confidence of the people of Jerusalem more than ever in the past. 
Don't forget that we opened our gates 115 years ago. But in the last decade, from 2006 to 2016, we doubled every parameter of the scope of activity of the hospital. Number of beds from 500 to 1,000. Number of deliveries within a decade out of the 115 years. Number of deliveries from 11,000 to 22,000. Does your committee know that, that that speaks of expansion? You need, you need larger facilities? They do know, and they also <laughs> want to, I mean, we depended for many, many years on donors in this country, and this is the time to express our hakarata tova, our gratitude. But I want to tell you that with the new money in Israel, we are starting to see many donors. The rich people in Israel live in the Tel Aviv area, most um, prepare to, uh, you know, prefer to give to the hospitals in their vicinity. Right. But if you take even the Mobileye that I mentioned, Aaron Shashua, the creator of Mobileye, who probably will be one of the main contributors to the autonomy car, is a major donor of Sharetzele. We got recently a very sizable gift of many millions of dollars from an Israeli. But Merubim Tzorche Amcha, to build a hospital, I mean, we just built a new intensive care unit, and the cost was $12 million. So, uh, did, they ask, did they ask if those contributions go to a specific part of the hospital or a specific project? Some or? of them, yes. Some of them leave it to my discretion. Uh, after 30 years, I think most people <laughs> can uh, trust me, and if I say that the money will be used for development, for capital projects, we try not to use money for salaries. I believe the donor should not pay for salaries. But any purchase, renewal of equipment, uh, this MRI machine for the babies didn't cost us because it's part of right. the research and better side. But to renew our MRI machines, the CAT scan, we are buying now a new CAT scan for the emergency room, and all the equipment that becomes obsolete after 7 to 10 years to start a new department to improve the physical facility. Mm-hmm. We just finished a 72-bed Department of Surgery that attracts patients from all over Israel, thanks to the leaders of this department, and as many of the departments in Sharet Tzedek, and this is very important for me to emphasize, we try to recruit the best people in Israel based on their professionalism and personality. And when they come to Sharet Tzedek, they find a very supportive working environment, and they believe this is our main attraction. We always say that when it comes to hospitals, the the front line is the is the first impression that patients get, and your staff, your nurses, your volunteers, those who are right. on the front lines in the emergency room, do make quite a first impression. Uh, Professor uh, Jonathan Alevi is here, Director General of Sharetetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. What I'm, I'm just curious, what does an MRI machine cost? I mean, we, we're we're talking about how much money when someone wants. Well, to a regular, be, I'm yeah, not talking regular about MRI machine. neonatal. A uh, regular MRI machine, it all depends. You measure the resolution power, the intensity of How the machine by units, by units called Tesla. The two popular machines are one and a half Tesla and three Tesla. We have both of them. Each one is around one and a half to two million dollars. People have to understand it costs a lot of money to run a hospital and to help people get better. Um, the newest project that we are aware of is a radiation oncology center a precursor to a comprehensive cancer center that's coming down the road. Now, this is, I mean, we've discussed this before. This is something that has come up in our conversations that a tremendous amount of money, resources, and um, and attention is being given to cancer treatment now at Shari Tzedek. What is the update regarding this? 
Well, we try to develop our services according to the needs of the community. There are two processes that lead to it that we see more cancer patients uh, today. Maybe more than two, but the two are very prominent. One is longevity. If you live long enough, uh, you have more chance to develop cancer. Right. The other one is early detection, which is very prominent in breast cancer, prostate cancer. The first one is the most common cancer among women. Second one is the second most common cancer among men, and the other types of cancers are discovered early, and when they discovered earlier, there is higher chance for cure. We are not talking about cancer today as a deadly disease. We can cure many, many of the cancers, and if we cannot cure them, we can prolong life of quality, and actually cancer became a chronic disease. Recognizing these facts, uh, we decided to embark on a comprehensive project for treatment of cancer. Now, there we have now a big oncology unit. The treatment of cancer stands on three legs. Surgery, where we are really leaders. Chemotherapy, where we are also well known in Israel for many, many of the fields. We just recruited a new breast cancer uh, specialist, Dr. Shani Palov Shimon, who is joining us in January. And most of, uh, I'll tell you, in the city of Jerusalem, with its one million people, the greater Jerusalem area, there are about newly discovered breast cancers a year, 650 women. Hmm. About 450 of them are treated in Sharet Tzedek. The third leg of treatment of cancer, or treatment of cancer stands on after surgery and chemotherapy, is radiation therapy. And uh, we decided, as we do with everything, to build one of the um, you know, largest, comprehensive, up-to-date radiation oncology centers. We already started digging because most of it, the linear accelerators that are delivering the radiation energy uh, has, have to be underground. We started digging. It's a two-year project. It's a $50 million project. Is there a lot of American the support one. for that project? There are, I hope there will be because we just started the fundraising mm. campaign. I can only tell you that we already have what you call an encore donation of $20 million from an Israeli wow. who recognized the fact who lives in Jerusalem and gave us, but we need uh, another 30 and uh, we hope to fundraise it in the next two to three years and to finish building within two years. That's the plan. I can also add and tell you that the architectural plan for this facility won last week international recognition. In hmm. Sweden, there is an International Academy for Hospital Architecture, and it's won the first medal. And uh, I would never anybody, think that there's hospital uh, architecture uh, that people pay yeah, attention to. Wow. Uh, and anybody who's interested, I can show you the artist impression Amazing. and the plans for this center. And uh, Is there enough space on your campus for all of this? So that's uh, another thing. <laughs> With our expansion, the city and the government recognize the importance of expansion of Sharet Zedek. There is a governmental decision not to build a new hospital in Jerusalem in the next two or three decades. So it's Hadassah with its two campuses and 1,000 beds, Sharet Zedek with its two campuses, main campus in Bayit Vagan and right. the smaller where Bikur Cholim was with its 1,000 beds. These 2,000 beds are to deliver inpatient care and ambulatory care to the people of Jerusalem for the next few decades. So we got all the land around the hospital from all sides, and we do have a hill between those of you who know the campus, between our nursing school and the Herzl Boulevard where the light train goes, 
and that's where we are digging and hoping to complete the Radiation Oncology Center within the next two years with God's help. Unbelievable. Professor Yonatan Alevi is here, Director General, Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Last night, a very successful dinner, Baruch Hashem, in New York. Uh, by the, uh, I'm curious, what percentage of your doctors are native Israelis? Would you know? Well, from year to year, they compose more. When uh, I was born in Israel of 1948, five weeks after the declaration of statehood, uh, there were uh, 700,000 Jews uh, in Israel, and barely, naturally, few who were born in Israel right. or in the former Eretz Israel or Palestine. I believe the percentage then was about 5 to 10%. I can also tell you that as a young physician in the 70s, most of my patients were Holocaust survivors with a number tattooed on their hand. You couldn't practice medicine without understanding uh, Yiddish. Mm. 70 years later, or 69 and a half years later, it's completely changed. I, my guesstimate is that uh, about 60% of our staff are Israeli-born, but wow. I can also tell you that most of the senior staff uh, at least spent, including myself, two years in this country. You probably know that the most sought-after medical title in Israel is GIA, Gevain in America. <laughs> and uh, we have to express Hakarata Tov to this country because we are all graduates of distinguished universities. We brought the research to Israel. I spent two years at Yale University right. 30 years ago where I did my gastroenterology fellow. And I cannot think of a senior physician, head of department in Sharet Tzedek, who did not spend a year or two or three in this country Many of them are American Olim who came to Israel in the last uh, two or three decades. Uh, when Obamacare started in this country, I interviewed them more, some of them through Nefesh Benefesh, yeah. who we met last year. Yeah. I interviewed more physicians who are coming to Israel. And most of the physicians who come to Israel prefer to live in Jerusalem or in Ranana. So we benefit, although we have a sub-dominance among our staff today, we benefit from the United States of America and from the Jews of this country tremendously. A young man or woman in Israel who wants to be a doctor would go through a similar training and schooling that you went through, or it's very different right now? Well, medicine is very different. Medicine is very different. We memorize everything. Today, we educate our medical students how to approach the huge data how to approach the patient, the educated customer, the educated patient who comes to uh, the physician already knowing, although it's unfiltered data from the Internet. So medical schools are completely different than 45, 50 years ago when I was in uh, medical school. I must say that the students, I believe, more talented. To be accepted to one of the five Israeli medical schools today, you have to have a maximal MCAT and final exams in high school, and also personality tests. One of 20 is accepted. This was the situation when I was a medical student, so this is the same. But the contents is completely different. My only wish is that in this digital era of medicine, where each and every one of us within a few years will have all his personal medical data on his cellular phone, where we will be able to put the phone on our chest and receive immediately an echocardiogram, an interpreted, echo, not only electrocardiogram, but echocardiogram, 
and that in this digital era, the future doctors, and in Shari Tzedek, we put a lot of emphasis on that when we train our medical students from the Hebrew University Medical School. The doctor-patient relationship will not be affected because today you can diagnose a patient without seeing him, without examining him, but looking at the patient, exchanging um, conversation with the patient, looking at his smile, the way he or she shake your hands has an utmost importance in order to understand the patient better, to diagnose him better, and to lead to cures. So our main goal in medical schools and postgraduate training today is to keep the human touch, to keep the personal doctor-patient relationship despite the technology that enable you um, to do almost everything without exchanging a word with patients. And also a patient deserves to receive bad news in a proper manner and deserves to receive good news in a proper manner. That's for sure. We live in an era of autonomy of patients. I can tell you that in our medical school we have a course called the course for psoramara, mm. a bit bitter news to the patient, how to deliver it, how to adjust it, to match it to the patient personality, uh, how to exchange these uh, words uh, with the patient. And uh, of course, psorotovot, uh, good news are uh, easier to tell. and We are always anxious to do it, but some physicians have problems discussing bad news with the patient, and even this is being taught in medical schools today. Unbelievable. Uh, Professor Yonatan Alevi, Director General, Shari Tzedek Medical Center. Incredible things happening there as uh, he leads them uh, in his 30th year as Director General. Information about all of this, acsz.org, acsz.org for American Committee for Shari Tzedek, and Mazal Tov to all the honorees. At last night's Heart of Jerusalem dinner, as I mentioned earlier, it was uh, an incredible uh, an incredible get-together to see every segment of the Jewish world be represented at the dinner last night at Shari Tzedek, I think is emblematic of the type of support and enthusiasm that Shari Tzedek enjoys from this country. And uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of wonderful people are really committed to the cause, and I know that you appreciate that greatly. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. I thank you for that. I hope to see you again in Jerusalem. Only in good health. There's Ratashad. Yes, only in good health is right. Professor Yonatan Alevi, a very special guest for a Thursday morning broadcast as we continue at JM in the AM. Show 
JM in the AM. We have another very special guest in our studio here this morning. I don't think we've ever had a uh, kickboxing champion visit us here at JM in the AM. But Neely Block, who many of us know because Matas has uh, spoken with her uh, multiple times on uh, his program, is here with us today at the JM in the AM. Four-time world champion Israeli Neely Block took home another title uh, back in October, a month ago, winning the gold medal at the Thai Boxing European Championships in Paris. Neely Block was born in the U.S., moved as a young child to Israel. Uh, she competed in the 60-kilo division, defeated Russian opponent Vinakova Ekaterina in the final bout. In 2015, Neely Block was named to the Algaminers J100 list. She has said of being a world champion, it is such a good feeling. It's so special to become a symbol in the world as a Jew and as an Israeli. Neely Block, shalom. Welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you here. By the way, our friends at Amit, who are going to be featuring Neely, I believe, Sunday night, right? At the dinner Sunday night. They have the Facebook Live going right now. Our friends at Amit have Facebook Live going right now, which means... Uh, if you, uh, I guess, search Amit on Facebook, you can get to their page and see the Facebook Live video right now that's happening inside the JMDM Nahum Siegel Network Studios. And, of course, we encourage you to like it, to share it, and to spread it around the world. So how does a nice Jewish girl become a kickboxer? <laughs> and why kickboxing? You know, there are a lot of interesting conventional sports out there. You know what I mean? Kickboxing, I don't know. It seems to be... Uh, not so ordinary. So, um, I mean, I was always like some sort of tomboy, you know, just uh, into sports, uh, little league baseball and basketball, and I played on the national fo uh, flag football team. Where'd you grow up? What city? We're, we're in the we're in America. Uh, I was from? born in Baltimore. Baltimore, but okay. we made Aliyah when I was two. So ah, so when they really say you were a young child, you barely remember anything from the U.S. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, uh, right. true Israeli. Yeah. And where did you live in Israel growing up? Beit Shemesh. Okay. Straight to Beit Shemesh. All right. So when you say Little League Baseball, you mean Little League in Beit Shemesh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about the U.S. Little League Baseball. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you're doing all these activities in sports. And then what? Yeah. And uh, at the age of 10, my mom was um, a volunteer in Magav. And she was uh, she wanted to take self-defense for herself. And she found my current coach, Benny Kogan. And she just dragged me along with her. Found and... him in Beit Shemesh? No, in Jerusalem. Sorry. Uh -huh. In Jerusalem. And ever since, I've been traveling from Beit Shemesh to Jerusalem for, for training maybe twice, three three times a week. How does someone get to be at the top of the kickboxing uh, sport? Like, how, how many, I can imagine, you know, Consistency. If, you're, if, if you're winning championships, you, you I assume you've had to exceed so many different hurdles and obstacles along the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many hurdles as far as uh, even just what am I doing with my life? Do you know, different... Uh, options as far as the army and then a sport career like I got to I came to many crises in my life that I never thought I would because I thought I was a very strong person and it came to a point where I had to make a very vital choices in my life and at what age was it obvious that you're not just kickboxing you know as a hobby or to stay in shape but now this is becoming your vocation now this is becoming you know your focus 24 hours a day so that was at the age of 17 17 and a half where i was had to be uh drafted into the army you know so it comes to a point where okay am i going into the army as a combat soldier which was one of my uh, biggest dreams and child dream 
and or am I pursuing my sport career? And that was one of my biggest uh, crises, I think, where I just didn't know what to do, and I can't really ask someone to tell me what to do. I ha- it has to come within me. And so in the end, I decided to go and pursue my, my sport career. Is there a kickboxing league in Israel? Is there a kickboxing, I don't know, division or competition that, that's in Israel itself? So, okay, so there's a difference between kickboxing, K1, and Muay Thai. Muay Thai is uh, Thai boxing. It comes from Thailand. Uh, the, the organ is from Thailand. They used it also as some sort of self-defense a thousand years ago. Right. And within years, it became a sport. So uh, there's a kickboxing federation, WACO, and there's a Muay Thai federation, IFMA. Both in Israel. Both in Israel, both around the world. Okay. And IFMA is the closest to become also in the Olympics. 2024, it's in the Olympics. So that's the that's the reason that took uh, the European Championship took place now in Paris because in 24 it's going to be in Paris. So they wanted to invite um, all the the French uh, Federation to come and watch and be impressed by uh, by this phenomenal uh, sport. All right, and uh, do you have Olympic aspirations for 2024, or will you be? Outaged by that to, to be well, an Olympian. That was the the main reason that I focused on Muay Thai because I was hoping that it would become. You know, it kind All of right. it was like a, I went into it blindly. I didn't know uh, if it would become for sure. Uh, but now that it is, it's just you know I got to keep um, keep training, keep competing. Oh, so it is possible. It's possible, but I just also started school now. Right. So I can't hold on my life and say, okay, maybe in six years, seven years, I'll become. I'll. I'll compete in the the Olympics. I have to continue on with my life, and it happens. Then I'll uh, then I'll happen. Neely Block is here. Uh, we'll talk about Amit in a moment, and I know it's a big day Sunday, and I want to thank the people at Amit because uh, we're on their Facebook Live as we speak, and we'd love everybody out there to share the uh, conversation that's happening here inside the Nahum Siegel Network studios. So, how many belts or championships do you have? Um. An actual physical belt. Well, I don't know. How does it work? Unfortunately, you- I don't have a really... <laughs> I <laughs> I wish I had one. But in these competitions, they give you like mostly medals because they want to Well, that's be- what I mean. How many of these... I mean, have, oh. is, have you won these consistently? Is this the first time? Like, how often does this happen that you're going places and winning championships? Um, since 20, 2014 in IFMA. So if I asked you the number of championships you've won, it would be around what? Um, Seven. Wow. Gold. We're talking about gold. Right. Gold medals. Yes. Yeah. I mean, who wants those silver ones? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a seven-time gold medalist. Yes. That's pretty amazing. I actually have uh, three medals here that I brought. Oh, nice. Got to see those. And, um, and, and the secret or the key, and I know it's consistency in training. You alluded to this earlier. But in addition to that, what does it take? I mean, it must take a major commitment. And I assume you need, I don't know, some type of physical advantage over others, right? Just like a, you, you think a great basketball player, you know, the, the, the taller you are, it might help if they're skilled. You must have some secret ingredient that, that gives you the ability to be number one in this sport. I think, I think my secret is the fact that I train with the guys and I, I also fight the guys. As a young, young, uh, young child, that's what I did in the ring. I would go up against one of the guys the same same age same weight <laughs> right, more or less right um <laughs> and you take them on and you didn't care what they brought sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes i would get punched i remember i got punched in the face and i saw like why and i fell back you know i got up and i continued but that's i think that was the secret that's the secret throughout all the years that uh i train with the guys and so when i go up against a female the the power and the strength isn't the same unbelievable 
All right, why are you here in New York? Why why'd you make this trip? So I'm a graduate student through Amit in Beit Shemesh. And basically I'm here to, I went through Florida, New York, and New Jersey to show all of our, um, our, our um, um, told me. Donors and our donors, supporters. Our donors and our supporters. Um, show them what, um, what Amit basically uh, um, brought up and through, even though through difficulty through my life and um, a parent that couldn't really pay for school, I still finished my six years um, in high school and I finished with a diploma. And it, it's, it's very, uh, for me, I never thought I would. So it's kind of coming, coming to the donors and showing them why they should continue um, the support with Amit. Back in May when we were in Israel, we spent a lot of time with Amit and met some of their great supporters from this area. And we kept hearing about all the different schools throughout the entire country. And what's more important than education, of course. And, um, and they just, and, and, and they are, you know, so effective in so many different areas. So you would say that your ability and the fact that you did stay in school and did end up graduating is all to their credit. Yes. They have a big, uh, they have a big credit to that because again, I believe that I, uh, I succeeded through my athleticism and they very, they, uh, um, they supported my athleticism, so that is a give, that's one hundred percent given. To was me. it a big challenge socially um, when kids your age, you know, realize that you want to do things a bit differently than they might be doing? I think mostly uh, outside in the the playground with the boys, they would always be like, uh, they'd call me different like manly names, but right. I didn't really care. You know, I'm just. Whatever, right? Yeah, well, you probably, back at you them. probably don't care what, what anyone today, says about you. <laughs> and today, they, you know, they respect me. Right. They see my, my journey and they respect me. How'd you find out about Amit? Like, how'd you find out about their school and, and realize that that was an option for you? In Beit Shemesh, it's called Ulpanat Amit Naga. So that was just um, a standard um, high school for, for girls. Right. So I was accepted, even though I'm probation, but... I was accepted, and so, you know, it was close to home. So and now they I look back that. at that acceptance with uh, great pride, I would guess, right? Yes, 100%. Pretty amazing. And in, and aside from the academics, I know that they're always stressing values and Israel and family values, et cetera, and all that, you know, is part of the whole package, right? Yeah, 100%. That was uh, that's one of the big uh, advantages in the school, I think. What happens now? You said that, you know, you want to continue academically and you want to continue your uh, you know your school career at the same time. I guess you want to continue your kickboxing career, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still training, still competing. I think academic is is. Uh, it's very important. You Are know? you able to do both? I'm able to do both. I just got to put my mind to it and really focus on both. And what did the Israeli government say, or the Israeli officials say, when it came time for the army? Were they at all understanding about your situation? Yeah, I got accepted into the army. Accepted. They they took me <laughs> into the army right. as a special athlete. And I just, you know, and you at the a, desk. And is there a special function for you? Or do you, I don't know, do you go around being a role model for others? Like, is there anything that you actually have to do for the IDF? Unfortunately, no. I was at a desk, you know, coffee, papers, cleaning. And when I had to leave for training, I had to leave. Right. And they didn't really respect me on that aspect, I think. And as far as they were concerned, you're first an, uh, a soldier and then an athlete. And in right. my mind, okay, if I'm a soldier, I wouldn't be here. I'd be out uh, in the shetach. I would be out. And, uh, you in know, as field. a combat. Right. So they, they didn't really respect me, I think, in that. Amit has their annual dinner coming up on Sunday night at Pier 60 in New York City. They're calling it Heroes when the Ordinary becomes extraordinary. And they're going to recognize some amazing people, including uh, Audrey and Max Wagner, 
Sharon and Saul Merkin, Martin Elias, and Jordana Alpert, all awardees this coming Sunday night. I assume you will be asked to to uh, give a message about why it's important to support Amit and why you appreciate the support from the United States, right? I, I think so, yeah. That, I that, that, so. That'll be part of your message. Yep. And you're so well-spoken, I'm sure that's going to go well. And now I have to ask you what everyone's curious about, and that is representing Israel at all these different places. I mean, we read about uh, you know tennis players and basketball players and, and, and judo and many other sports uh, where it becomes obvious uh, that the athlete is an Israeli and representing, whether they like it or not, Israel and the Jewish people. Tell us about what's happened when you've traveled internationally with the star of uh, David and the Israeli flag on your sleeve. So I walk around with it very proudly. Even though in Poland and the World Games this past uh, July, we weren't really allowed to be exposed. We were really uh, we were in a different hotel and security was, tells you that. Yeah, yeah, they took uh, very they were they, they took caution from from Munich from you know yeah, 1970. Um so even though that was um that was minor but the only time I came across some sort of anti-Semitism was uh, in 2015 when uh, I took part in the world championship in kickboxing in Serbia, where I was I was the winner and the referee because he was from Palestine just refused to raise my hand. You know, take a picture, a picture is taken and then social media and then you never know. That was the only time. But um, like I told you, in our sport, in our federation, IFMA, right? Um, Stefan Fox, he's the um, Administrator. The administrator. He would not allow that to happen. You know, if he, if there's a country that's hosting a, a championship and they say something like that, he want to take part. And it's all about the leadership, right? If they take a stand like that, then people are going to be disciplined and they're not going to play games like yes. that. But otherwise, we see terrible episodes. I'm sure you're aware of the fact that there have been times when the Israeli national anthem would not be played, right? I'm not even talking about overt anti-Semitism from fans or or you know, comments directed at you. I'm talking about, you know, official things that have happened. Anthem wouldn't be played. Flag wouldn't be displayed. They wouldn't recognize the fact that the athlete actually, you know, is from Israel. You know, they would use some other type of euphemism. Those can be extremely, uh, um, you know, I mean, it, it could be, it can make, make one very uncomfortable, I'm sure. Right. In Even though, like despite that, the athletes are still showing them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. And, you know, whether they sing the national anthem of Israel the Hatikva, you know, to you know, under their own breath, it <laughs> makes it even stronger. Yeah. So I guess, I guess, after meeting you now for fifteen, twenty minutes, it's obvious that nothing really bothers you. And if somebody even takes a, a shot at you in terms of your being an Israeli or a Jew, uh, you're you're ready to you're ready to fight back, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Neely Block, she is uh, <clears throat> she's a kickboxer and she's a four time. World champion, uh, the most recent one coming at the uh, Thai Boxing European Championship in Paris last month. And uh, she is uh, a featured speaker this coming Sunday night as Amit presents their Heroes uh, Dinner in New York City at Pier 60. You can go to the website, amitchildren.org, amitchildren.org. And she will be uh, reminding everybody gathered at Pier 60 on Sunday night why it's so important to support the Amit schools in Israel. When is your next competition? So probably probably be uh, in December. Yeah. Uh, in Russia, and if not, then February in Thailand. And do you? I mean, we we know what we know the reason that uh, boxing matches for individual boxers take place only, you know, every three four months because that's what it takes to recover from the match and then to in fact train for the next one. Is there a big gap for you, uh, or you know, could could you do this? I don't know, you know, every week if you needed to. 
Um, it wouldn't be effective, I think, every week. You know, as far as also recovery physically and mentally, you can't be at your peak forever. Right. For forever. So the ideal amount of time to train would be? Yeah, you could train every day. But no, I understand. But if you have a December match, are you already focused on, on very serious training for it right now? So I'm going to get into it soon. Um, you know, I'm here now in the States, right. so my, my, my schedule is a little off. So you need how many weeks of real serious training for a mid-December match? You would, you would want to... Uh, I would say a month and a half. So six weeks. At least. That's at, minimum for at, me, at least. Right. And that means complete focus. How many hours a day are you focused on the... Uh, the, the whole day revolves around that. Yeah. 18 hours a day. Yeah, you, from morning from morning training, eating, training in the afternoon or evening, and training, uh, eating, sleeping. That's, the whole day is around that. And your coach, I assume, and manager take very careful, uh, take it very seriously in terms of what you do eat and how often you train and what type of training each of those hours is like, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. My coach, Benny Kogan, been with him since I'm 10, so he sees me as a daughter, so he takes care of me from every aspect. What are you going to eat today? What am I going to eat today? Yeah. Oh, today's a day off. Today's not training, right? Yeah, but it doesn't mean I can go pig out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no bagel and locks today for you? <laughs> no, no way, huh? <laughs> well, the past few days I had, uh, you know, some bagels, so... Well, you're in New York after all. Yeah. You have no choice. What can I, you can't go back to Israel and say you didn't have bagels in New York. Well, last night I had a platter of good meat, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but when you're in serious training, is it, yo is it yogurt and granola? Yes or no? <laughs> no, there's some, gr there's right. yogurt, there's uh, eggs and, right. and chicken eggs, breast. Right? Yeah, mostly uh, um, boiled eggs. Right. No red meat during training. That you wouldn't do. I would maybe do once, but it, right. it sits in your body for days. So right. it'll be a little uncomfortable, and before comp before competition, no way. No and way. the and the couple of days before the competition, are you still eating chicken? And yes, it's a couple of days before the competition. It's very. I'm even reducing liquids, fluids, you know, because basically I'm top shape and very low uh, percentage of fat. But now it's all about liquids, fluids in your body. So it's a very different. It's a strategy. But I would think before, right, like 48 hours before a match, you'd want to fill up your body with water. It's not like you that. have to. Yeah, but oh, so when you say you're cutting down on liquids, yeah, just to make the weight in, right? You got to weigh in, and right. then right after the weigh in, you, you have then to you start replenish yourself. Up. Yes. Boy, what a system, huh? Yes, it's. Uh, I think one of the hardest parts in fighting is cutting weight. Is your family very supportive? Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. They're not eating red meat at the dinner table. If you I can't even have tell any. you, she's a supporter. <laughs> she, she's. My mom, yeah. she's uh, your number one fan. She <laughs> she remembers you from uh, NYU. She studied there, and every morning the JMMG. Wow. Well, thank you, and make sure to thank her, please. Is she still in Ramat Beit Shemesh? Yes. <clears throat> well, um, to Neely Block's mom, a special shout out this morning. My gosh, you just made my day, Neely Block. Uh, <laughs> she's a champion. She's a champion who represents Israel and the Jewish people really well, and that's what really makes her a champion. Neely Block. She'll be featured. Sunday night with our friends at Amit, amitchildren.org. They do amazing work. It's hard to believe that a Jewish organization can survive uh, while concentrating on the area of Jewish education. And those of you out there who are familiar with the world of philanthropy, I think you know exactly what I mean by that. It is not always the, uh, the cause that jumps out at everybody, but it's amazing how the people that support Amit get it, that they get how important it is to have effective schools and those that produce uh, amazing leaders of uh, today and tomorrow. Neely, good luck to you. Good luck Sunday night and a pleasure meeting you. 
Thank you very much. Have Neely Block, a cha- we've had a kickboxing champion in the Nahum Siegel Network studios, I am proud to say. I also want to thank our friends from Amit as they have uh, Facebook lived this entire presentation. You can see it, obviously, uh, uh, all through the day, and at any point you want, just go to the uh, Amit presence on Facebook, and uh, I believe we have shared it as well at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I thank them for uh, for sneaking into our studio and catching this conversation on Facebook Live with me and Neely Block on a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Ach, 
Achenu Yisrael and Achenu Mechem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Coming up, Charlie Harari is next with Unlocking Greatness. Jew in the City Speaks, excuse me, then uh, Phil Goldfeder with um, uh, Michael Fragan and Spin Class, latest in politics. Jew in the City Speaks with uh, Judy Groon is Allison's guest, author of The Skeptic and the Rabbi. Mary Wallach with IDF veteran turned artist Ron Weinreich coming up on That's Life at 10.30. We'll do a live lunch with more Amram Adar CD giveaways. And plenty more all through the day. Make sure to be tuned in, everybody. Tomorrow we're back. Malcolm Mahonline will join us for the weekly update. My thanks to our prominent guests this morning here at JM in the AM. We will speak to you again live at 11 a.m. with a live lunch. And then again tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.